right, welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Um, thank you so much for all your support, and we've had some amazing guests on, as I always say, and it just gets keep it just keeps getting better and better and better. I have uh, John and Jackie Armstrong here this morning, bright and early at Wasatch Recovery, live. Right? <laughs> Thanks for getting up early. Um, John and Jackie, uh, we've been close friends for how long has it been? Twenty over years? twenty-five over, years. Has I it been think, twenty-five? Maybe. Do you think? Yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's little, been a long a time. Four, maybe. Yeah, I've known John and Jackie basically, you know, feels like my whole life, actually. Um, two of the greatest people you ever meet. Uh, they have an amazing story um, that they're going to share with us today. It's probably going to be a little emotional. But uh, the reason why I'm having them on, not only are they great people, but they have triumphed over um, losing their son, Mitchell. Um, it was quite, uh, quite the ordeal in the very beginning, but to see their family... Uh, go through this over the years and then how they handled it as a family has been nothing less than it, and it's so inspiring you know and I'm I, I, I'm lost for words <laughs> because it was so incredible to watch from from a distance and then also being a part of it because we're friends um, so so grateful to have you guys on so thanks for coming here bright and early and willing to share your story today we are glad Good to be, be here. here we are glad <laughs> yeah. to be here so, um, as I mentioned, uh, they lost their son, Mitchell. Um, uh, how long has it been? When did he pass away? Almost is it? three years. October yeah. uh, 12th of 2015 is when yeah. we lost him. Oh, really? It's been three yeah. years? Yeah. yeah. Up three. Well, let's, let's say this. Um, he's not lost because we know where he is. Definitely. You yep. know, yeah. he's just in pause. a... Pause. It's, it's a, a pause. pause. <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, I think that's important to understand because I know your guys' uh, beliefs on that. And I think that's important for the listeners to understand. And I think that's one of those, thing, those things that keep you going as well. But what I'd like to do is just start off, maybe first give a little background on you two. You know, just yeah. a little bit about yourselves and your family. And then uh, we'll get into the what you know the story of Mitchell and how that went down. Okay, do you, you want, want you, you, you go ahead. You want me to handle the the, the background, huh? So <laughs> well, uh, you're going to talk about your background. Well, right? you, I yeah. I was born here uh, in Salt Lake. I grew up in Sandy. I attended high school at. Uh, uh, the, the rival of Todd Sylvester. I went to Hillcrest. <laughs> he went to Brighton. They, they were known as Snob Hill. We were known as the Ghetto School. Yeah. So uh, um, yeah. So I grew up in this neighborhood, uh, this area, and ended up going on a mission, going to school. Went to the U, uh, graduated, and uh, then I was fortunate enough to, fortunate enough to get a job here and uh, kind of make this place our home. So we've pretty much lived in Sandy. Our whole life, Jackie was born in D.C. Oh, you're gonna. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. T tell, tell your. Yes, I was born in. Go. Ahead. You can't if you. Want. I didn't realize. <laughs> I, yeah. Honestly, I've known you this long, and I never. Maybe yeah. I've heard it, but I didn't put it together. Yes, Washington, you're born in D.C. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because my parents were from Maryland. Okay. So we we were a back east family, and born there. Um, I was the second of five, uh -huh. and. We moved around a lot because my dad was in school. So we lived in Maryland. We lived in Delaware, um, Oklahoma, Missouri before we came out here okay. when I was nine. And okay. then we've lived here ever since. Ever and since. I grew up in West Valley. Woohoo! Go Lancers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we went to Granger and then um, went to Weber State College. It was Weber State at the time. And then I met John and 
And where, and, where was it where you met again? I love oh, this story. I knew this question was going to come. <laughs> we met at a local dance place called Xenon. Yeah, everybody who's, everybody who's older and our age says, oh, I remember Xenon. It was a rocking place for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Met at Xenon. Saw Jackie out there moving. I'm like, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> You're like, I'm asking that chick out. Actually, I danced <laughs> with his brother before. Yeah. Before oh, you must be a better dancer than your brother, yes. then, right? I think so. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> you got better moves. Yeah, he, he might deny that, but uh, yeah, I had the moves back then. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Never, never has danced since. So yeah, yeah exactly. So um, tell tell our listeners, you know, how many, you know, a little bit about your kids. Okay. Well, we pretty much had kids within a couple of years of getting married, mm-hmm. and we were pretty amazed that we got blessed with twins from the get-go right boy and a girl and then we waited a two and a half years then we had our other daughter Lindsay and then we had um two and a half years we had Nicholas and then we thought we were done right (laughs) yeah we thought we were done but uh just felt like there was one more up there that we we had to have and it turned out to be Mitchell and right uh, certainly (laughs) had to have a blessing in our lives had to (laughs) have him Absolutely, him. yeah, and what what a blessing that turned out to be, mm-hmm. you know, despite what uh, you know some of the things that you had gone through uh, because of what happened. But uh, maybe let's uh, let's kind of segue into that now mm-hmm. and just uh, maybe let our listeners know. Tell them a little bit about Mitchell, okay, and then and then and then let's tell them kind of what happened, and and I'm gonna let you guys kind of just go from there, and then I'll we'll let this you know play out where it needs to be. It's it's quite remarkable, and I'm so excited mm-hmm. for you guys to share this because it's going to be inspiring to so many. <laughs> you go ahead. Well, so we, we decided we wanted one more, and we we got pregnant with Mitchell, and um, maybe it's because he was my fifth child, but he grew in my belly. Like He was my biggest child, even though I'd had twins and I'd had right. 11 pounds of baby in the first <laughs> time. Um, Mitchell was was a big baby when he was born. He was 9, 9 pounds, 9'2". Pound, nine two, nine two. Really? Yeah. And that just, oh, that was, that was a killer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But when he was born, he came out and he had the tons of blonde hair. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember being in the hospital. Yeah. 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 So the the nurses, I think, were calling him Angel Baby in there. (laughs) So he came out an angel, I think. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Yeah, I, uh, my, my memories of Mitchell when he was little is I just remember like being in sacrament meeting and I would he was always just a very defiant um determined little kid and I remember chunky he was chunky but I would be holding him in church and he always wanted to get down and I just I wouldn't let him and he was just pushing against me (laughs) and I remember some of the other parents that had their kids and you know their kids were just I don't know Mitchell was just a handful and so I'd finally put him down and in in a show of defiance he would walk over to the nearest wall and he would look at me while he looking at me and he would bang his head against the wall. <laughs> and really? it was almost like, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. And, and then it was funny. Oftentimes he would hit his head so hard that he would then start to cry. <laughs> so, and then he wants you. And, yeah. yeah and, and he was just, he was, his personality was just, he was determined, determined. And it was, he just kind of had this fighting spirit, yeah. right. which would later serve him well with everything that he went through. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that, that's kind of my uh, remembrance of him. He's just this, this stocky, you know, bulky little kid who's just full of energy and life and running yeah. around. And I mean, most kids are full of energy and life, but he 
he had a mind of his own and I'm going to do my thing. I remember that yeah. as you well, say and, that. And he had um, his cousin that was just two weeks older than him. They were built a lot in the same way. Uh-huh. And <laughs> Kathy and I would, would trade off babysitting and Ryan would come over and he'd just be sitting there, you know, in a little walker or something. And, and he, I just remember being in our old house and our, we had a wood floor that went the length of the entryway to the kitchen. And, and Ryan would just be watching Mitchell just run by him. And he's just sitting there like, well, I don't know what he's doing because that's a lot of work to be doing what he's doing. Yeah, so right. he, Mitchie was just, and they were, you know, they were only two weeks apart. So Mitchie was just a goer, you know, right. he just wanted to be doing something all the yeah. time. <laughs> so. I remember that as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, yeah. uh, let's uh, talk about kind of what happened with Mitchell and the okay. accident that happened and, and the kind of, let's just go from that point and move okay. forward if that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, do you want do you want me to start? It's up to okay, you guys. it's up to you guys. So, um, December of two thousand two, um, my twins—I can't remember ten, nine or ten years old. About ten. Um, Lindsay just had she just turned eight. Um, then Nicholas was five, and Mitchie was sixteen months, and it was Christmas time. So right. my schedule was a little off because I had wanted to check the kids out. My plan was I told them I'm gonna check you guys out early today. We're gonna do we're gonna do um, popcorn on the tree. We're gonna just do a bunch of fun things on the tree. And so I decided not to put Mitchell down for his nap right. that day. And so I was keeping him up and I'd gotten Nicholas to school. Take he was going off to preschool I think at the time. And I Mitchie was I had taken Mitchie upstairs and he was in his room playing and I'm going to just go so far because then I'll let you take it from there. But he was in his room playing and, mm-hmm. um, I came downstairs to, to put some laundry in and take some laundry out. And that takes a few minutes. And he, he was safely in his room already had taken a bath that day, right. um, with Nicholas and they'd been playing yeah. with their army guys. And so, <laughs> you know, they, yeah. that part was already done. And, I didn't realize it'd been like five to seven minutes since I had left from upstairs. I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, so I, I was at work at the, uh, this time. I was actually uh, going to lunch with a, co- a group of coworkers. We had a gal that we had worked with for a long time mm-hmm. that was leaving the company, and so it was kind of her farewell lunch. And I was walking over to this restaurant downtown at the Gateway, and I kept seeing my phone kind of ring and then it was shutting off. The battery was low and so I wasn't getting the message. And so then I, I get to the restaurant and finally a, a coworker had called one of my coworkers' phones and said, hey, John needs to call home. So anyway, called home and then I, I found out that Mitchell had been in an accident. He had he had gone into the bath, uh, the master bedroom and where his army guys uh, were in the tub. Of course, Jackie mentioned that he had been playing right. that morning with his little brother or his yeah. big brother. Uh, in the tub, I guess he decided he wanted to continue playing with them. And so he he had never shown any evidence uh, to be able to scoot himself in the tub prior to that. Um, that was the first time, and obviously it proved to be a, uh, a little bit of a tragedy. But he, he got in the tub. He While he was getting in the tub, he used the, the handle to the hot water as leverage uh, to get in. So he turned that on, and mm. the, the stopper in the bathtub was closed. And so the water okay. proceeded to fill up, but with scalding water. So, I mean, we can only imagine what that was like, but, you know, in that period of time, he uh, probably went into shock, laid down. Um, he ended up suffering third-degree burns on 45% of his body. 
Uh, he was life lighted to the burn unit up at the University of Utah Hospital, and and that's where, you know, I got the call, and so I immediately, you know, initially I again my optimistic nature, I thought, okay, this is going to be okay, and so I I started walking back to um, my car from this restaurant over at the Gateway, and then I started to just play this back in my mind, and I remember them, okay, it's life light, this is serious, and so then right. I started running back to my car. And I ended up getting up to um, Primary Children's, or I mean, up at the burn unit up at the University of Utah. I ended up getting there before the helicopter landed. And so I saw the helicopter land, and I was out watching the helicopter land and hoping to see Mitchell. And all yeah. I saw is that they he was covered in blankets, and they just whisked him right past me. And uh, so I didn't see him. So then, you know, I'm left, okay, how serious really is this? And... Um, Anyway, we then had a chance to sit down with the doctor and, you know, he, you know, again, I'm thinking, okay, this isn't a big deal. This is going to be all right. And the doctor then told us that, you know, he has a 75% chance to live. And at that, that point, was, that it was, was like, a very profound moment. Yeah. It was like, wait we a had no idea that it yeah. would be yeah. um, as dire as that, you know, I mean, because you don't even want your child to have a 99% chance of living, you know, you want him to have a hundred percent chance. Yeah. So when you're hearing 75, you're. You immediately, it just you immediately, punches you in the stomach. For you, know? sure. you immediately go yeah. to the twenty-five yeah. percent chance that he he could die, and so yeah, yeah, I yeah that yeah. was that was uh, that was the first big, I don't know, kind of bomb to drop the the reality of the situation, how serious it was. Right. Um, so then, um, we he goes into surgery immediately that day. What they typically do with burn uh, patients is. They have to intubate them. Their body is going to essentially just blow up like a balloon. And I, I can't remember who all saw Mitchell at that time, but he literally blew up like a balloon. And oh, wow. one of the things they want to do is they want to protect the airway. And so they intubate them. Uh, they make sure that they've got a tube that will feed them oxygen and, and protect their airway from closing off. And so that's what happened. And when they went in there to do the first surgery, what they do is they, they open up their, their abdomen to allow their their body that kind of goes into shock and to expand and they, right. they put this mesh um, over them to allow their body to expand. And so they kind of opened him up. Well, when they opened him up, uh, part of his intestinal tract had died. And that, that is still a little bit of a mystery uh, to this day on why that happened. Yeah. But part of his intestinal tract had died. And so they cut that out. And when the doctor met with us day two, he said, you know, this has dropped his odds dramatically and at that point we're like oh my gosh you know yeah. 75 percent chance of living day one and now they're saying it's dropped significantly now you're you're in a completely different frame of mind you're For thinking sure. we could lose mitchell yeah so um over the next day he had a surgery every day that first week uh, in the hospital we get to uh friday and uh the doctor the doctor who had been overseeing Mitchell since he arrived had, had not left the hospital since he got there. He had he was basically living at the hospital because this situation was touching. As were go. we. As were we. <laughs> yeah, we were sure. in we a little room. The they given we us a little kinda, room, and we were sleep. We were sleeping on mats, I think, in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. we had kind yeah. of commandeered a room in the hospital, and and they let us, and we put some mats down, and so we were kind of living there as well. Um, we get to Friday, and this doctor had a prospective employer employee that was looking to join his staff, and he was going to take him out to dinner. 
and he sat us down. He said, I feel pretty good with where Mitchell is at this point. Um, I'm going to take this guy out to dinner. I'm going to go home and I'll be back in the morning, but I feel pretty good about where Mitchell is right now. Right. So we took that as, I think he suggested, he said, you guys should go home and be with your family. He knew that we had four other kids at home that needed us. You know, they, they've been worried and sick and, um, they, they needed us to see that we were okay. You know, yeah, so we, we decided, okay, this is a good time. My daughter had a, uh, a Christmas dance production that was going on, uh, and so we thought, okay, well, let's go home. We'll go to that. So we went home. Um, I think I had my dad come over to the hospital or somebody uh, just to be there, you know, to have family member there while we left. And so I think my dad went over there at least until late in the evening, and we went home. We went to uh, Courtney's dance recital, and... When we got back home, the plan was for us to go back up to the hospital, but the kids were all like, hey, just stay here. Yeah. You know, we miss you. So we decided to stay home uh, that night. I think we got to bed. Both of us were taking sleep medication to try to help us sleep. Yeah, I and- mean, I, I have to say that, you know, because I was the one that was home, that was, that was, I mean, I was going through so many emotions, not only with Mitchie being in the hospital, but all the guilt that goes along with, you know. Yeah. So we were just, it was, it was a very... Um, it was very hard on my mind knowing that he was there because of my, because I wasn't there with him. So yeah. that was all going on as well. Yeah. I'm sure you were. Beating Poor John, your... he gets a call at work, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's like totally yeah. an innocent in this. And, you know, so yeah, there was just I'm, a lot of emotions. <laughs> I'm sure you were beating yourself up. Oh and, gosh. And, yes. I, and I think anyone <laughs> in your position would have done yeah, that. You know what I mean? Sure, because, sure. oh, you know, and there's always the what natural. ifs. <laughs> right. It's just the what ifs. But yeah. yeah. I remember seeing how heartbroken you were, oh, yeah. and obviously both mm-hmm. of you were. Yeah, that was a tough thing to watch. Yeah, um, from our perspective, you yeah. know, all your friends and family seeing it from a distance a little yeah. bit. But uh, and then we had your kids. You know, I oh, remember gosh. Bonnie they brought. Lived at your house. <laughs> I remember Bonnie brought Chase and Courtney over after school on the day that it happened, and and, and I don't know if you guys know this, but <clears throat> we get your kids there. And we were trying to tell him, yeah, something happened to Mitchell, but we didn't give him any details of this and that. And, you know, and, and they were crying a little bit. And I'll never forget, Chase says, can we say a prayer, Todd? <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, Chase is saying, that. I'm like, sure, you know. And so we said a little prayer with him and stuff. But, you know, that's just kind of a backstory. But uh, anyway, you know, just to see you guys going through this, very, especially in the very beginning, was just as a friend was really heart-wrenching yeah. as well. So I, when you said sleep and medication, I'm like, yeah, we need, we, it was hard to sleep at that point. <laughs> oh, I can't, <laughs> you know, yeah, I can't we, even imagine. So we both were, we both took something to sleep so we could sleep, but then. <laughs> yeah. And then that was, yeah. that was probably about when we finally first started to lay down. I mean, I think that was probably around 11 o'clock, uh, that night. And then the phone rang about, uh, I want to say it was probably very close to midnight, um, maybe 12 10 you know mm-hmm. somewhere right around there <laughs> i can't weird, remember 12 10 <laughs> right when the medications we'll talk about that later yeah, yeah, right we'll when the medications kicking in yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so right when the medications and we're feeling sleepy we get a call and and it's the hospital and they said that um during a dressing change uh i mentioned that mitchell was intubated and during that dressing change the tube that was feeding mitchell oxygen became dislodged and was pumping air into his stomach as opposed to his lung and that that led to uh, essentially respiratory arrest followed by cardiac arrest. And in the end, Mitchell went a material amount of time without oxygen. And so they had to revive him. And so we, this, they told us this, they didn't tell us 
exactly how long that he went without oxygen, but we we immediately grab our stuff and start heading back up to the hospital. And um, once we got there and they kind of gave us a download on what happened, um, we found out that Mitchell, you know, had lost oxygen for, you know, we'll just say over 15 minutes. Okay. And uh, that left him with a uh, severe brain injury. And so that was, now you're adding on another thing wow. to the equation. Yeah. I think you kind of got to rewind too about when um, we knew that was, the brain injury occurred because we had you had seen you had talked to him a couple of days before that or you know well maybe it, it was it was more when I first the first day when I went into the hospital um, and this is just before they intubated him um, it was the, it was the only time that I saw Mitchell uh, look at me and you know there was that communication that he right. knew who I was and yeah um, so after that once the brain injury occurred on that Friday. Um, you know, his eyes, there, there was nothing that he was looking at, at least for a long time. And so we knew that the brain injury happened that night, and then that was later confirmed in some tests that they did oh, that really? the brain injury happened that night. It did not happen in the initial accident um, because of some of the tests that they had performed. So anyway, we, we knew that that's the evening that he had the brain injury. Gotcha. And so, wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> so now, not not only did he had have these burns that he was going to have to deal with, but then the brain injury on top yeah. of that, we would have the burn the burn injuries would have been a lot more handleable. <laughs> you know, yeah. that would have that yeah, that still been would have been very difficult, with. but a lot you know yeah. better outcome. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So this all happened within what uh, from the accident so to the brain injury his initial was a week. Yeah, his initial accident happened on a Tuesday, and that brain injury happened on a Friday and um, there were a lot of other things that we were also going through at that time um, you know I being in the line of work that I was in and I had some financial resources I had had some positions on in the marketplace personally and we ended up you know the day of his accident I had a position on that broke through some stops that I kept in my head and there was <laughs> We had we suffered a material loss financially that first week, mm. and then that that following Monday after Mitchell's brain injury, my boss came up to the hospital and said, "I don't even know how to tell you this, but uh, that you're are basically they're moving our operations to Houston." So wow. within within a week, we had had they say Jeez. things come in three. Yeah. Well, we had obviously Jeez. for us it was more fours because we had Mitchell's initial accident, we had his brain injury. Yeah. We had all the other medical stuff that was coming up with his intestines and right. uh, the surgeries, but then we had the financial loss and then followed by the job loss. And, and really those those other things became pretty immaterial, you know. Definitely. Right. When, you're, when you're watching Definitely. your son. It was not even a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I, I remember when the stock, our friend stockbroker Josh called and he says, oh man, I don't even know how to tell you this. It, it, it kind of became insignificant, it didn't matter. Right. Same thing with the job loss. It didn't matter. Those things, when you're going through things, you happen to get some perspective on what's important and right. what's not. And those things, you know, while while they were things that would have been very material on their own in isolation, yeah. they became incredibly insignificant at this time. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you were, you know, perspective for sure. Yeah. Yeah, what matters most, obviously, yeah. at that moment. But still, you know... D definitely didn't help the situation. No. I mean, because yeah. you know, you hope those things just take care of themselves, whatever. Right. But but it's good that uh, 
you're able to look at that and go, yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. We're going to keep moving forward yeah. with Mitchell. And so. I didn't know if you wanted to share about um, a positive thing that happened in between um, with Mitchie having his blessing. Yeah. So on his, and this became a little bit of a catalyst for us, but on the, his second day, so his accident happened on a Tuesday. Um, Jackie's family has a relationship with uh, Elder Richard G. Scott, uh, former uh, apostle for the church. And when he found out that um, there was a family member that was up at the hospital, he offered to come up and, and mm -hmm. visit. And so he came up on that Wednesday around three or four o'clock and he, he gave Mitchell a blessing. And in that blessing, he there were things that were said that certainly led us to believe that you know, Mitchell was going to heal from all this. And it became very, very important because, you know, with every time you're meeting with the medical community and they're telling you everything that is wrong and what our future was going to look like, right. they, they led us to believe that you're going to be most likely taking home a vegetable. That's kind of the way they frame it. You know, they don't yeah. exactly have the best bedside manner when they're, when they're laying this out, right? right. I think everybody's been there. And so they're, they're painting a picture that is fairly bleak. And we had to really, um, we had to really kind of shut that down and realize that, you know, the master surgeon in all this was our savior. And so um, the, the blessing that Elder Scott gave became very important because it, it, it provided some hope for us that hope that right. Mitchell was going to get better, hope that he was going to overcome these things and we would have a a normal uh, little boy with that, burns. Yeah, That's it. normal little <laughs> yeah, boy right. with burns. Yeah, that yeah. that would be doing all the things that you anticipate uh, your child doing when your child is born. Right. You know, getting his driver's license, going to prom, playing sports, doing all yeah. these things. And so, you know, that was kind of that that was still in play because of that blessing. It gave us the hope that we needed to to, to kind of hold on to those views again. That this is going to be all right. This is going to be a challenge, but we'll overcome it. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that at the time, was your whole family involved in that blessing? Like, were you guys all in the room? It at was that a time? packed room. Yeah. yeah. There was, I mean, it just felt like it was wall to wall people. I don't yeah. know exactly remember how many people were there, but yeah. church leaders there, are there, you know, our church. Yeah. Our yeah. Church. Um, yeah. If I, yeah, if I remember right, I think the first counselor in the state presidency was there. Yeah. Don yeah. Atkinson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was so. there was a lot of people there. I just remember it being kind of wall to wall and very very crowded in the room. But I can't remember exactly. And, who and was it there and we didn't have too much time, so we just yeah yeah we <laughs> it was like oh he's coming okay okay here <laughs> we know? go here yeah we go. well you know for and for our listeners who don't understand who are, may not be of that faith um, you know in any faith you know typically the clergy or the higher you know we we call them apostles in the LDS Church, but. Uh, they they perform an, uh, a blessing on on the individual, and it brings solace and peace and hope and all that kind of thing. And and you know, no matter what faith you're involved with, it's you know, it's really you reaching up with your own faith, asking our higher power and God, please, please you know, send us a miracle. You right. know, please yeah. send us a blessing. And yeah. and uh, so it was great that you guys um, in your faith got to experience that. Yeah. You know, so quickly too, and to have that contact and. So thanks for sharing that part yeah. of it. I think, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners would understand, no matter what faith they're in, how important that would be, right. you know, in that moment. So yeah. thanks for sharing that. One thing in addition to that blessing, and I'm kind of 
going to go fast forward on this yeah. uh, whole process a little bit. So over the next, I think over the next two years, and at one time I counted, I think Mitchell had over 300 outside the home appointments. That's not counting the, the physical therapy and the occupational therapy that was done right. in the home. And, and because you really didn't have a job, <laughs> yeah. let's go, let's go to yeah, that. He, uh, he was able to help have... me with all these appointments. Yeah. So I, I was fortunate to have some six successful years um, prior to Mitchell's accident. And so when my job left um, in, you know, it was announced in 2002, it happened effectively the end of May of 2003. I actually just was able to kind of walk away. I, I was had a, obviously a severance package, and right. between that and and savings, you know, I was able to stay out of a, you know, the workforce for a couple of years, uh, almost three years uh, to be exact. And well, when you look back on it, then it was actually a blessing, a that, huge blessing. I mean, huge instead of blessing. this, oh man, I lost yeah. my job, or they're moving to Houston. Yeah, uh, that's it was actually a blessing in disguise at the you yeah. know at the moment. And that almost seems like yeah. a, an immediate sometimes we don't understand things and it takes forever to realize, but you know, really pretty quickly we realized, wow, this really was a blessing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Especially as we rub shoulders with other people that were going through similar type things. What, what a unique situation that was. Cause yeah. you, you see a lot of these families and they're getting hit with medical bills and stuff like that. And you know, you, somebody still has to go to work and, and to be able to pay for those things. And so we were very, very blessed and fortunate to, yeah. to be in the position that we were um, to allow me to stay home and, and care for Mitchell and help Jackie around the house and yeah. uh, just take the kids things, to school, take the kids to school and, and just kind of be there. Yeah. So yeah. that was very, very important. But going back to what I was saying, so we were very, very busy with Mitchell's, you know, trying to aid in that recovery. The longer time went on, that ble that blessing that Elder Scott gave, which was a true blessing for us at the time, almost now became a little bit of a curse because as you you, you have that hope that he's going yeah. to get better, and as time goes on, as every passing day goes by where you don't see the improvement that you think you're supposed to see at right. this point, yeah, you know, you get three years removed from that, or let's let's just say a year, and you're not seeing a whole lot that right. you're seeing improvements, but the improvements are at a micro level. Yeah. You know, I remember the day Mitchell first, you know, opened his eyes, you know, during that process. I remember the days when... Uh, when he know, couldn't close his eyes and he, then he finally closed his eyes. When he couldn't <laughs> close his eyes <laughs> yeah, after right. that. Yeah, it yeah. took a while for him at one point to close his eyes. Yeah, we had to put gel in his eyes because we couldn't close him. He wouldn't close his eyes uh, for days upon days. Right. And so we would put gel in his eyes and then we would cover his eyes with a just kind of a... Towel or something. A towel or yeah. something to put some pressure to kind of force him to close. Yeah. And, you know, so you're you're looking at it and all of a sudden months go by where, okay, he finally is closing his eyes. And then, oh my gosh, you know, here we are a year and a half and he just smiled, you know. Yeah. And so these things were happening over periods of months. And so you, you start to extrapolate that and say, I don't know if he's ever going to get better at this rate. Yeah. And so, you know, that blessing became a little bit of a curse because the expectation, everybody knows that when you you establish an expectation and that expectation isn't being met, it's followed by disappointment. Right. And so that that's what was happening a little bit. There was disappointment. And so we we had a secondary meeting with Elder Scott and he he talked about, listen, you know, this is what I was inspired to say. I don't know why, but I was, and right. um, 
sometimes God's will is also at play. And I think after that meeting, we started to move towards, well, maybe this is God's will. Maybe Mitchell isn't supposed to get better. And then it wasn't until years later that you look back upon that blessing and, and realize, I believe he was inspired to say that because what we needed more than anything was the hope that he would get better. And we needed that hope to acclimate to our new normal, right? Yeah. I mean, we were right. we, we had gone from kind of living a little bit of a, because of the success I was having at work, I mean, we we're kind of living a fairy tale. Nothing was going wrong. Right. And Jackie would always say, when, when do you think something's going wrong? And <laughs> right. she'd knock on wood and well, say... And I remember yeah. it wasn't too long before Mitchie's accident that I thought to myself, is this it? You know, is, we're right. just going through the motions of life. You know, the kids are great. And you don't feel as fulfilled as you feel like maybe you should feel. And so that's yeah. a stupid thought. Don't, don't think that, anyone. <laughs> don't think that. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this... I mean, I think... It's hard to describe to our listeners, really, this turned your life upside down. It's I mean, a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, from, our, from, my, from my viewpoint and everyone else's is seeing how hard you guys worked just, just to feed him and change him mm -hmm. and make sure his wounds were dressed correctly. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, operation after operation after operation. I think maybe talk about that time and, and then maybe talk about your other kids and how they were handling this because you bring Mitchell home and now it's like, okay, kids, this is our life. Yeah. This Here it There's is. your brother that was, here it is. You know, and it was we're fine when to, you left for school one day. And, and you know. he's 24-7 yeah. care. Yeah. So talk about that and just maybe your family and how the kids handled it. And, yeah. um, and then, you know, let's lead up to kind of how this start now you started seeing all these amazing blessings yeah. coming um Do you want to take anything there? i i just want to talk about you know when mitchy was in the hospital he was in there for um a month and 10 days is that right no it was almost almost a full two months oh, it wow. was it was okay. just about <laughs> seven like or eight <laughs> days shy of two months yeah right it just went it went by fast and then slow and um anyway during this time you know mitchy was in he was having trouble you know i mean it was I think we didn't, we'd probably see it on his heart rate, you know, that maybe he was in pain or something. And, right. um, so he would, he would be tense and in the hospital, his head was against the, the, um, the bed and he, we didn't know these things even existed, but he got a bed sore in the back of his head. That was, I don't know how deep it was. It was pretty deep, pretty deep. Yeah. And we brought him home to that and Right. All of a sudden, I mean, he, we have this little five-year-old that's his brother that was scared to death of this little kid, you know, because yeah. he had this huge bed sore. And um, it, it was hard for them to understand, you know, that this yeah. little boy that they'd known as a normal person, normal, quote, <laughs> um, <laughs> came home with, yeah. you know, with all these medical needs. And so I think that was really shocking for them. You know, that was really hard for them. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah so w when we brought him home... Um, just to give you an idea, so he was on a respirator. He had a feeding tube that went down his nose into his stomach. He was trached following his brain injury. They decided to trach him, and so he had a trach. Um, he had severe spasticity. I mean, he was very, very rigid. And, right. um, and again, he, he wouldn't close his eyes. His, his respiratory rate was about 70 a minute. Right, and so we we turned our office into kind of a medical room for him, and he required twenty four seven care. So when yeah. we first brought him home, 
Um, our schedule was Jackie would go to sleep at six o'clock at night and I would stay up until two in the morning. And then Jackie would wake up at two in the morning and she would stay up until, uh, she would be with him while I went to sleep. And then we would just kind of tag team it all the way around. Right. You mentioned that our family, that the family that we had to help us get through this, it wasn't just our immediate family. It was, right. it was our neighborhood family. It was our it friends was our, like you guys. It was, friends. That were, it was yeah. 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 I mean, I remember on a Saturday, um, <laughs> oh boy <laughs> you know I just remembered um, all these remarkable people that would come over and help right just so Jackie and I could get caught up on sleep. Right. Um, fortunately, that didn't last too long. That was probably about, I would say, maybe two months mm -hmm. of doing that. Right. Um, Mitchell had qualified because he had the trach. When we left the hospital, we had applied with the state for what was called the Travis C. Waiver and that allowed us to get some nursing help uh, because of his trach. And so after about two months of doing that, we were finally able to uh, have some nursing that would come at 10 o'clock at night, and they would stay till 6 in the morning. So all of a sudden, at least Jackie and I could get back on the a kind of the same schedule sleep, where, yeah. yeah, it's like that nurse would show up at 10 o'clock. We were making sure we were in bed by 10, 10. <laughs> sure. mean, we, were, we were doing everything yeah. we could to, you know, try to maintain some normal type of schedule. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was good. But really that period of time, that those first two months, you know, just the, the people that would come over yeah. and help out, yeah. you know, it's amazing huge. how a tragedy can bring, it brings the oh. good out in everybody. Oh yeah. Like, and there's no, there's no pretense about, who, yeah what you do or who you are or anything yeah. it's just love yeah people Complete coming love. to help clean your yeah. house bring meals yep. over i had a lady that that was had been cleaning my house for yeah. I'd, I'd developed a friendship with her and she she cleaned for a year for free wow. <laughs> because yeah. and that was just amazing to me it really does bring the good out in everybody yeah. so so amazing to watch yeah well and and you know a lot of people are like you know it's just a tragedy that god would allow these things to happen god 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 could stop these things uh, we, he, believe. He, yes. <laughs> we believe. Yes, we believe. Well, oh, sure. I, I know. Yeah. I know that to be true. He mm -hmm. he allows them to happen because of the what happens after that. Like you yeah. said, the coming together of people, the serving one another, the serving one another. All those things are uh, become really important. And you know, but we we are subject to laws of gravity, laws of physics. Yeah. You know, just laws that when a little boy goes in and turns on the hot water of the bathtub, he's going to get burned. You know, yeah. these are things that are going to happen and um, they're allowed to happen because of what happens, you know, after the, the, the service that we do for one another to help us help others get through and, whatever and challenge. What it. we need to learn in life, you yeah. know, right. Because we and definitely at, do. <laughs> at times we're we're in a position where we need to be served. And there are times at other seasons in life when we're able to serve. Right. And we, we, we kind of rotate back and forth between being able to do these things. So. I mean, these were obviously some of the lessons that we learned throughout this whole experience with Mitchell's 
you know, right. injury. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's, uh, I mean, there's so much we can talk about here. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, this, really this goes on and on and on. Um, it, it, just the amazing blessings that just kept unfolding. Um, I think I, just real quick for our listeners, I, if I remember right, and I don't think we said this, I mean, we talked about he was burned, but I mean, his legs were burned all the way. All uh, of his legs were burned, third degree burns yeah. in his arms up to his shoulders. Like elbow. Uh, kind of elbow. Yeah. Elbow. Yeah. 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 So Just to give an idea that, because and the reason why I'm bringing this up is that how much how much time it took to take care of those wounds, uh, the the third degree burns with skin grafts and mm-hmm. operations. Luckily, and, he'd had a diaper on that protected his private areas, so right. that was a blessing for right. that that saved him there. And and then he, at first, um, because I really feel like he was shocked, and then he finally just gave up and fell and his face was in the water when I found mm-hmm. him. And so we thought maybe he'd have third degree burns on his face, but I think those were only second degree. And then mm-hmm. his face ended up being just perfect, you know, just yeah. didn't have any burns at all. So yeah. that was pretty, pretty amazing too. But yeah. the other stuff was a, was a lot of, a lot of work. And I have to say, um, John got right in there in the hospital and mm-hmm. helped with those burn dressings and they, it, yeah, I'm sure learning that was how very, to do it so yes. you could do it John when was, they got John became home. a doctor, yeah, yeah. wound care I, uh, specialist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just remember wanting to be involved in all of his care. And uh, even that first day, you know, I asked, I told the, the medical professionals, I said, I want to be involved as much as I can. Right. Dressing changes, whatever. And so I remember going in day one and um, I just remember you know, seeing his little burned body and see is that, that first dressing change where the skin was just kind of falling off and we're putting this ointment and I had the, I was fully gowned uh, as we were doing that and I had on the gloves and, you know, I remember holding his leg and putting on the ointment and um, that was, that was probably the, the wake up call that, okay, you, you signed up for this. You told him you wanted to be involved in it. So here you go, you know, here you go. Yeah, and, wow. um, it was that, that, that really, that first day was the worst. That's the worst I saw, you yeah, know, even right. though I saw a lot of, you know, I did a lot of wound care on Mitchell over the next, you know, however, however many years. I mean, I was the one who was wrapping his fingers and, you know, even when we were out of the hospital and we would go up to the burn unit for outpatient, uh, you know, a lot of the therapists, they would, they would sit there, be doing the dressing change and I would be doing it with them because they knew that I knew how to cut the bandages better because I was doing it at home. And eventually they got so comfortable with me doing it that they said, you know what, you don't, you don't need to come up on Thursday. You just go ahead and do it on Thursday and come back on, you know, on this day. So it, it actually, by getting involved in doing that, it saved us from having to go to the hospital even more than we did because they, they, they gained confidence in my ability to do some of these things. And, um, and you know what, that was huge for Mitchie. Because uh, sure. Mitchie always felt more comfortable when he was at home. Yeah. And so that was like a blessing He always for him. did better. It, with surgeries, we always, the goal was let's get him up, have the surgery, and let's get him back home because we yeah. we just had an environment at home and a, a kind of a system established that it was better for his healing. And so right. we just we just decided to take more of that on, and I was in a position to do so. Yeah. You know, that became yeah. my full-time job. That's, that's everything that I was trying to get better at at that time was how do I, how do I, I'm always thinking about how do I make his life easier? Right. And so that's, was always the goal. Sure. 
Well, let's talk about, um, you know, let's talk about where you guys kind of realize, you know, this is kind of where Mitchell's going to be. You know, it's not going to maybe, his brain injury is not going to maybe improve. When you guys came to that realization, when you kind of realized, okay, here's where we're at, and then we're, how it kind of led to where life started to kind of get some normalcy. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit, if that's all right. Um, I don't know for me if there was ever a, a definite time that okay. it happened, but maybe it was after we had met with Elder Scott again. Okay. And we kind of let that go, that we have no control over. Every, we have, we, I mean, yeah. we, we realized that pretty early on, but we right. that was something I needed to hear, that God's will is very strong in, you know, and, yeah we can want all we want, but he knows what's best for us. That's what I feel like. And, um, and once I realized that, that it wasn't, I wasn't in charge and you know, that I let that go. You know, I was, I felt like, okay, we, we can be okay with, with how he's going to be now, you know, whatever happens, I can be okay. Right. So that's that for me. I don't know if it, if there was a definite time for you. Well, for, for me, I think it happened earlier because as I was caring for Mitchell and saw how slow the improvement was coming, I I think I got to the point of um, thinking that maybe this is, he's not going to get better. Mm-hmm. And so I started to accept the way he was. And I think I started to get more joy from how he was at that point versus wanting him to go back to the way he was. Um, I think I got there sooner, partly because I think Jackie still carried that guilt oh, yeah. Yeah. with her. And sure. so she had, she had, I think she was dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression over the, the fact that it happened on, on her watch to quote her. Um, yeah. she basically, I think carried that with her. And so I think that secondary meeting or that second meeting we had with elder Scott became really important for her. I think I had already landed in that spot where yeah. I was, I right. was just trying to enjoy my little boy. Yeah. And so I think that that's the way I viewed that meeting. It was more for Jackie because I think I had already gotten comfortable with being there. Um, so I, I want to say that it became then a process of slowly accepting mm-hmm. that. And I think once we went through that full process of just accepting Mitchell for where he was today, right. we were we were able to then enjoy him and yeah. start getting all the – enjoy the first that he had – with his new body and his yeah. new mind and all those things. Sure. Every time he did something new, yeah. like the first giggle, you yeah. know, that was huge. <laughs> um, just, you know, his first belly laugh where he actually almost stopped breathing because he was laughing so hard. <laughs> I mean, those right. were just awesome. Yeah. The first time at two in the morning when, you know, he's in his room and you're sound asleep and all of a sudden you hear him just break out in this but gusting laugh. I mean, <laughs> you just wake up and you just start laughing too. Yeah. I mean, those were just awesome experiences. Yeah. And uh, we love those and cherish those. Well, that's kind of what I want to segue into now. Cause I mean, we can talk so much more about, oh, there's yeah. so much, oh, yeah. Yeah. but let's, let's talk about the blessings and the, and those kind of moments where as time kept going, not only for you two, what you noticed with Mitchell, but like even your own kids, what, how did this bless you individually and your whole family, like especially your kids. Yeah. Like, let's talk about that for a minute. Like, just those things you're talking about, like the gut busting laughs and the little things. You know what? You know, tell us a little bit about that. Okay, <laughs> we're both looking at each other. Yeah, like, yeah, Whose yeah. turn is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, Todd, that we're involved with the special needs group, uh, uh-huh. special needs mutual right now, and um, we went and did a training yesterday 
for Ward, who's coming in to do a combined activity with us on uh, sometime in September. And what I told them is that if we could turn back the clock and go back to that day, December 10th, you know, and, and just unwind everything, would we mm -hmm. do it? And the answer is no. That's amazing. And uh, I, mean, I don't say that to be, you know, that, that I that wanted yeah. my son to go through sure. all of this, these challenges. <laughs> Obviously, because, we didn't. We're because very I'm, emotional sa I'm we saying that have. today. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm saying that today because he's not here, and I know he's in a better place. Um, but because of all those learnings that have happened. Yeah. Um, so. I feel like um, over the years we got to see our other kids with Mitchell and so many times they would be laying down with him. Um, the love that they had for him was a beautiful thing to see. I don't think I ever didn't think to myself, that is so beautiful. Right. You know, to watch them with their sure. brother yeah. and the love that they had for him. So um, I'm grateful that they had that with him. What a blessing it is for them yeah. forever. You know, that yeah. they got to have a brother that was like a little angel in yeah. our house. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Very emotional when you think about yeah. these things. Um, yeah. It really is, you know, from, from people from looking from the outside in, it was really quite remarkable to just see how well you guys handled it. Like, because I and I, I know behind the scenes, oh, yeah. I'm sure it's, you it's guys ugly. had rough it's moments. Ugly you were and pretty crying, and everything, all, all of the that. emotions, yeah. <laughs> but you guys, overall, the way you handled it, I mean, I know those those tough times, but I mean, how did you guys? What kept you guys? I mean, kind of like we were talking about off air before we started. You know that that positive, uh, optimist, optimistic outlook you guys have. I mean, how how do you guys do that in such <laughs> such a really because a lot of people say, I don't know if I could do that with yeah. if I had my kid went through that or whatever. Maybe talk well, about that and how I, you guys do that so like well. To, um, I remember s distinctly sitting on the on my stairs in my house and thinking to myself, I could go down the way of just just kind of losing it, going to my own world and not and people would understand. You know, they'd be like, well, she has been through a lot. Totally. She she deserves to feel yeah. depressed and sad and and not functioning and not being a mom and all that stuff because I was going through all of this. I thought I could do that. I really I really thought this or I could try fight really hard to go the other way. Right. That's that's what I thought and and like I said it wasn't pretty. Sometimes I had a lot of depression and anxiety and um but I fought. You know, I fought yeah. to get to get to where that mm -hmm. I could, I could function and, and I tried my hardest to be a good mom and take care of Mitchie and balance all of those things. But I had to make a choice and that was, I did not want to go down. I did I not want to go. I love that Jackie, because you know, one of the things I, I teach my clients is the power of that decision mm -hmm. because here you are at that kind of that fork in the road. Mm -hmm. I can go down the dark abyss or I can choose to go, you know what, I'm going to make the best of this and yeah. I'm going to be that good person that I am. And I'm going to magnify that. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool to hear you say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I remember sitting there thinking that, and I'm and that did not look fun. <laughs> no. I'm like I don't want to go down there. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, right. But how easily you could have. But yeah, that, that's that's amazing that you and didn't. and I think for John and I hope I'm not overstepping, but I think for him, he just like I don't know if you you talked about this before we went on air or not, but how you have this outlook of you don't look back and it's so he always has done this it's it's john's personality from i think from the time he was born because i've heard him 
this is how he was before I met him. Yeah. So he does not look back on any type of situation. Yeah, for me, there, it, or Jackie said she made a choice. For me, there was no choice to make. Um, there was only, again, okay, these are the cards that have been dealt to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play them. I'm going to play them with a smile on my face. And that's that's kind of always been my MO, whether it's no matter what's happened in my life, whatever that event is, okay, these are my cards. I play, you know, Jack, the big joke around us is my whole outlook on a journal. And, 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 and Jackie will be talking about, well, uh-huh. you should write this down. It's in journal. And I said, why? It's in the past. <laughs> I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that that's just... That's just always the way I've been. Well, if, my if favorite thing about John is, <laughs> right you know, when, when John went on his mission, he, he found out right before he went on his mission that his parents might be getting a divorce. And they were n- nervous to tell him because they didn't want him to not put in his papers and go on right. a mission. They didn't want to be the, his, that his, that's his decision because, you know, they were right. getting a divorce. And he put his papers in two days later or the next uh, within, day. Within, with, probably within about a week, I think. I've so he goes in. on his mission and... Later, during that time, his parents got divorced and he finds out by a phone call home that he hadn't gotten his letter because that was when we, we wrote letters to people and didn't get there forever. So he calls home for something and finds out that his parents are not together anymore. And by the time he gets home, they're both remarried and he has six new stepbrothers and sisters. And he just moved on like, well, this is this is it. This is, you know, <laughs> this, no this big deal. This is the new world order. <laughs> it, yeah. Move forward. Move so. forward. And, yeah, that was shocking to me because, man, I would have, you know, maybe maybe uh, felt wallowed for a minute you yeah. know, that, because of that. Well, I want to point out, you, you say it's not, there was no choice to make, but I want to point out, I get why you say that because you actually made a choice early on as a, maybe as a young kid that I'm always going to look at the best and it becomes so automatic for you, John, that to you, it's not a choice. It's like, this is just what I do. Yeah. I'm yeah. moving on. I'm going to be positive and I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to make the best of it. He had the secret like way long but that's, before. I know, but that's what's so cool. Yeah. What you said there, you, but you, you did already make that ahead of time, yeah. but it becomes natural to you. Cause that's all, that's what you do every time. And I, and I do remember, I go back to my youth and I do remember certain, you know, whether it was a coach or a, uh-huh. a church leader or a scoutmaster or whatever, talking about making choices before the event comes. That way it becomes very easy yeah. for you. And so, yeah. you know, I just decided very early on in my life that uh, I, again, I, I tend to have a positive attitude. I tend to be an optimist. And so uh, when challenges come, I try to go the most optimistic path yeah. down it. It's like, okay, you know, and and I think you remember even when Mitchell was in the hospital, you know, you and a group of our friends would come up and we would go to dinner on a Saturday night. Yeah. We would still have kind of that that weekly get out and go out yep. and laugh. And, you know, I think we needed that. We needed just to get out and just mm-hmm. be normal mm-hmm. uh, on yeah. those Saturday nights to get out and go out and laugh with our friends. And, yeah. and we still found the beauty in that, even though our son was still fighting for his life. Yeah. You know, you still have to find the beauty around when you're in the midst of a hurricane or a typhoon or whatever in your own personal life. You still have to find the beauty in the small things around you. Yeah. Otherwise, you just you go get nuts. Swallowed up. Yeah, you get that's swallowed re- up. Yeah, it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a, what a great what a great um, thing for all of us, and including you listeners, to to learn from that. 
you know, make the decision beforehand. If something comes up, I'm going to do the best and be positive. That's that's remarkable. You know, th- there's there's one thing that when this whole accident happened, and it, it kind of is consistent with what we just talked about, but when this whole accident happened, I think the first thing that happens when somebody is going through something challenging is to ask the, themselves the question, why me? Right. Right? Everybody yeah. does that. Why does this right. happen to happen to me? And the first thing that I when, I, when that first thought popped into my head, I thought, man, that is so selfish. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're totally. thinking, why anybody? Why should anybody have to go through this? And so I really fought against that. That, that first day when it happened, Jeez. I fought against yeah. that and thought, aren't, aren't we just as capable to handle this as anybody else? Yeah. Right? Yeah, because there's so much, so many people are going through that. Yeah. Yeah. Why not me? Let's, let's get John another tissue here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You He's know, a ball I, baby. Everybody today. knows that I'm the big baby yeah, in the family. Yeah. He's not actually. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no this is no, great. but it's it's you know just thinking back, it's like why why not us? Why why are we so special to avoid these things? And then you know as time goes on, and I've gained a greater understanding of of the growth that takes place when you go through hard things in life. I now look at the people that aren't going through those things, and I said, poor them, <laughs> that they are not going through these challenges to grow like yeah. we have. Yeah. Right? I, I yeah. think of these situations as, as incredible growth opportunities to where you can just learn so much about yeah. not only yourself, but your, your relationships. I, I don't go that far. I wouldn't say <laughs> poor them because yeah. I, I just say, hey, whatever works for you. Right, yeah. <laughs> I just think you know? we learn. We, we learn a we lot. We definitely learn. I am grateful for man i'm so grateful i wouldn't yeah. like john said we wouldn't change a thing so i'm i'm grateful yeah. for you, you generally don't grow when things are going easy right and and everything is like just i said simple. i thought is this it and then i was talking the other day i said you know you see that sign that says maybe the hokey pokey is what it's all about you know <laughs> <laughs> it's not right so yeah, but, sure. <laughs> hey if you can think that for as long I as like you that. can go ahead and think that yeah. <laughs> well i love that philosophy you know um you know life happens for you not to you yeah and like you said You'd never want any kid or Mitchell to ever go through that, but looking back on it, you wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's truly remarkable that you see it that way. Yeah, and again, knowing where he is now, I mean, it's it's certainly much easier to say that when he was going through his his seventy plus surgeries. You know, yeah. you 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 never say, oh, I wouldn't change a thing because we're going through those. You know, you're only able to say see that or say that and and have that that clarity of hindsight right to be able to say some things but knowing where our our kids are the experiences that they've had with them our extended family our friends the impacts that were felt as a result of those last those 13 years or 12 years 10 months um we wouldn't change that right and we've we, we and we've we wouldn't do gained that. so many wonderful friends from yeah. from that i mean just there was a lady that t- was a came home basically we had this big meeting when we were leaving the hospital the first time and she was in there and I just looked over at this lady and she was this Italian um physical therapist and her name's Donata and she um she I I thought she was super interesting well she got to come home and work with him and she became one of our dear friends and would even take our kids doing different things and um just was such a blessing in our life and so we got to meet so many wonderful so many angels people. like that right. you know i mean just over the years and i could yeah. name a ton you know of people new people that we got to meet besides our all of our angels that we already right. had yeah sure know? sure yeah got to add to that so that's awesome well i mean uh 
let's kind of and there's so much we can talk about. I know <laughs> we could be here. Let's for talk about ten hours. <laughs> so let's talk about when Mitchell passed away, and then um, the blessings that came from that. I mean, I know he donated some organs and stuff like that. And then let's talk a little bit about that for a minute. Yeah, is that all right? Yeah. Yes. So yes. this whole thing around the. Mitchell had some corneas that were donated, but I have to go back uh, and talk a little bit about to kind of set the table. So while we were in the hospital, and I remember specifically a time when Jackie and I went to the the chapel inside the church and said a prayer, and we kind of submitted at that time to God that if, if if it's God's will, if it's your will to take Mitchell and for him to not survive, then do so. We kind of turned it over. Mm-hmm. But after that, we always felt, you know, I... It, <laughs> Subsequent to that, I would be separately with Mitchell, and I would say, Mitchell, I promise if you stick around with us, we'll make it worth your while. John would, John, yes, John made that promise to him really early on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, because he obviously, we felt like he did make that decision to stay with us, um, we, we always felt like he was going to be here for a certain amount of time. And, you know, a lot of this kind of became manifest. Obviously, he he passed away in October uh, uh, October twelfth of two thousand two uh, two thousand fifteen. So he he was with us exactly twelve years and ten months. Ironically, his accident happened on twelve ten. So right, you know, it's it's interesting that his accident happened on twelve ten, and he he lived exactly twelve years and ten months to the day uh, on that, and passed away on. Ten twelve, so there there's some real weird things that, right, that yeah. happened here. But <laughs> yeah. th- these might be insignificant for somebody else. But because of our feelings that Mitchell right. uh, made a decision to stay with us for a certain amount of time, it, it wasn't any accident. And that became even more clear when we found out that um, his corneas went to a recipient that really needed them, and the timing of when she needed them became even more apparent. So. Um, we ended up getting a letter from the, the donor bank. Mm-hmm. I guess it was the I bank or whatever. I can't uh-huh. remember what they call it, but we got a letter from them because of HIPAA privacy laws and it had requested or notified us that the, the recipient had reached out to us with a letter and they needed permission from us to forward that letter on to us. Well, we get this letter, um, from a gal named Margaret Adams. She, her and her husband had been serving on a mission. Uh, LDS in, mission. Yeah, an LDS mission. They were from St. George. She originally was from uh, the United Kingdom, and uh-huh. they were over there serving a mission. Well, she was losing her eyesight, and so they... And, and she'd had eight surgeries already. Before. Wow. Yeah, she had already had a bunch yeah. of surgeries, and she was really at the end of the line. Um, they, and, they had kind of resolved that she, they, she was going to be blind. They were ready to, you know, get everything set up in their home to accommodate her for for her going blind yes oh, okay yeah. so they uh they they moved her back here to salt lake they put them in the missionary home while they were working with the moran eye institute on waiting for you know in her words not a okay well, it was cornea, a doctor that yeah not a good yeah. cornea not a great but the best cornea they were waiting and so they had put this they had put her surgery date out for kind of the middle of october and, it was October 14th, right? Wasn't it? Uh, October 14th or 15th. I can't wow. remember the exact date, but um, she so this had was this set. date. This date was and, set. That, that date Mitchell was set. passed on the 12th. And he on passed the 12th. on the 12th. So and, this date was set. Yeah. So, you know, this letter that we received from Margaret 
you know, saying how thankful she was for our decision to donate his cornea um, was written on 1210, the anniversary of his um, date. So, wow. you know, for somebody else who could look at this and say, oh, that's just a bunch of, a bunch of coincidences. <laughs> we noticed that right away. <laughs> no, it's not. Right. It's not a bunch of coincidences yeah. because yeah. We, we, we really knew that Mitchell had chose to stay with us for a certain period of time. Right. And, and that certain period of time was always 12 years, 10 months. It was always 12 years, 10 wow. months. And that's amazing. So just, you know, and now we have a, a wonderful friend and her and her husband. They've and, come to dinner a couple of times and, yeah. and, um, they've, we see pictures of them traveling all over the world now. And, and it's they, awesome. They cry when they talk to us because, well, yeah, now I mean, she, now here and she, she has she's grandchildren got that she can still see. Yeah. And, wow. and this was the ninth surgery and I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's, it's going really well right now with his eye. I mean, she could see. I think the next day when they took the bandages off and that's never happened. So she had this beautiful cornea from Mitchie who was by the way, cortically blind. <laughs> so, but his corneas were good. But his corneas were yes. good. Yes. Yeah. And so he gave, you know, he was able to give sight to her, yeah. which was amazing. And the whole cortical blindness is that just means that the connection between what the eye sees and what the brain receives doesn't oh, okay. work. And so Mitchell couldn't, but he had couldn't good see corneas. That. Yeah, he had, corneas. Great, he had great corneas. He couldn't really see. <laughs> but, but he gave he the ability for corneas. someone else to see, which yeah. is amazing. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a couple more things, and we'll kind of wrap this okay. up here. Um, there, like I said, I we could go on for four more hours. Um, I'm going to ask you each individually, and I, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. Okay, okay? so yep. I'm going to ask you first, Jackie. Okay. Um, if you could sum up, what's what's the greatest blessing from this whole thing for you? Just describe um, that, what that is to you, and then I'm going to ask John the same question. Um, I think the greatest blessing for me is how unimportant little mundane things are, and um, I just for my own religious beliefs, right. it firms up my testimony of what I believe, and it gives me a sure foundation of why I'm here, um, where I've been, where I'm going. And that just gives me this rock solid foundation. And I, that's for me, that's what it gives me. Oh, I love that. So, Great. We, we always powerful. talk about, you know, that, listen, there's no guarantee of tomorrow. You know, something could happen to any one of us. And Jackie always says, we have a muster point. <laughs> we have a muster <laughs> I'll point. I'll meet you up there. You, you know, know, it's like when, when wherever we're <laughs> right. doing a safety moment at work and we're talking about it, yeah. if there's a fire drill, if there's a, in the event of a fire or whatever, we're going to meet out there by the, yeah. the, the garbage can or right, whatever right. <laughs> that's our muster point jackie always says we have a muster point i'm so yeah. sure of that and yeah. i and that, yeah. that will never be taken from me never well and i'll tell I'm you you know that. you learn so much about families and stuff at a funeral and your the funeral of mitchell's was amazing and mm. i'm speaking this is more for me personally when i left that funeral i wanted to be a better person oh, seriously that i mean to sum it up i left there going i'm going to be a better person and you just wonder yeah. if that's what Mitchie's whole purpose was for everybody. You know, yeah. I mean, I know that we all have, you know, it there's really amazing would, people yeah. out there. But for Mitchie, he's like, I want to make a difference. So yeah. if I can go down there and make people want to be better, yeah. you know. Then well, for, for you, for the listeners who are listening to this, I mean, funerals are usually sad and depressing. And oh, we're talking about loss, loss, loss. It wasn't the case for this funeral. It yeah. was it was probably the most upbeat, most positive, most powerful <laughs> You walked out of there. I'm not kidding you. I was like, I'm today's amazing. I'm going to be great today. Yeah. So I, I hope you guys, I don't know if you guys even w witnessed that on your end, but 
from everyone else in the audience. That's how we we, we all we walked love going, to hear Are that. Are you kidding though. me? It we, was incredible. I I love. I don't know if I've ever told that. you that. No, but, I don't think I've heard wow. that. So we we've heard that that <clears throat> that's a repeating theme that we've heard a lot from people who were at the funeral. And they maybe we've told him. We but. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> right. we have the funeral at home, and I've I've come very close to going back and listening to it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but. Uh, at this point, I still haven't, but yeah. at some point, I'm going to go back and listen to it, and I'm sure I'll I'll gain an appreciation. But I just it was just been able it was. Yet. I mean, obviously, it was emotional, but it was just the 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 energy in there was beautiful. Was and maybe beautiful. and maybe there was some hope in there. Of, oh, absolutely, you know, absolutely. So. Well, um, so I want you guys to. I asked you guys off air, just you know, a challenge you could give to our listeners who are hearing this amazing story of, of, of tragedy and triumph over that and how you guys have been so blessed. But, you know, if you guys could give our challenge, our, our listeners a challenge, um, what, what would you would like to challenge them with? <laughs> um, I guess for me, um, and this, this really comes from me being, you know, trying to be an optimist and having a positive attitude at no time during our experience, did I want to play a victim. I, I wow. don't, I mean, listen, bad things happen to all of us. I mean, that's life, right? I mean, life is going to throw curveballs at us and we're, we're all going to go through very difficult and challenging times, but you choose to be a victim, right? Right. Vic yep. Being a victim For is sure. a choice. And wow. I think, I think just to have the perspective that I think if you go into it, knowing that at some point in our lives, we're going to be challenged with different things and, play those cards, play those cards, but play them with a smile on your face and, and it's just amazing move to forward. look back. If you d have done that, you can feel really proud of, wow. of what you've yeah, done. And I think just not looking back and not, you know, there was that initial thing where we, we started to compare our life before the accident to the life after the accident. And initially you tend to focus on all the things that you can't do right that you used to do yeah that you know but instead of realizing that there's going to be new doors and uh, opened up and new things that you're going to be exposed to that you wouldn't have been exposed to right with your old life for sure yeah and i think you just need to have that perspective and you just just stay positive that's probably that's kind of been my mo and it's served me very well so i don't know why it can't serve somebody else well <laughs> yeah no great advice i mean i really think um if there is a plague um, in this world, it's the victim stance, because um, that paralyzes us. It keeps us from growing. It keeps us locked in unhealthy behaviors. I mean, what a great challenge, especially coming from you two, mm -hmm. who have been through so much, and to be able to say those kind of things. And uh, what a great challenge. So thank you for uh, for sharing that. If people want to get a hold of you and learn more about what you're doing and talk more about you know, getting involved even. I know you guys do so much with special need kids now, which is, again, truly remarkable. What, how would people reach out to you to get to, maybe if they have a question for you or if they're struggling with their own challenges? Uh, like, you know? uh, email, <laughs> yeah, I am, yeah. phone number, uh, I mean, yeah, any whatever, whatever you're comfortable sharing yeah. to the world right um, now. <laughs> my phone number is 801 <laughs> There you uh, go, our folks. Our email is jj underscore armstrong at q.com. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, I, I just want, if people want to reach out to you, it'd right. be great to get to yeah. you. So you got John's cell number. Well, yeah. there you go. Oh, His phone's going to be blowing up now. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I mean, John's we're, very we're, open, helpful. we're open on everything. I mean, yeah. anything. We, we look at Mitchell's uh, whole 
ordeal as something that should be learned from and yeah. a catalyst it to gives help us people. A, so even yeah. more of a purpose. There's the music, but, but <laughs> we're not done yet. I know, isn't that weird? That was good timing. But that's really not where it needs to be. So we're going to keep talking here, folks. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to end there because I want to just tell you guys how much I love you guys. And thank you for um, your willingness to share. Truly an example to me. Again, every time I hear this story and just hear see how you guys handled it, I always say I'm, I, I, I want to be better. I need to be better. It's just a motivator for me. Um, I know it is for my wife and my own kids and everyone you know, I mean, feels the same way. So, but you guys are amazing people. And Can I just say back at you? Yeah. Because you well, help so many oh, people yeah. <laughs> and, and we are in an admiration of you I'm all the time. I'm Jackie so. to say this right now. <laughs> Give me the money. Yeah, no. here's, my, here's the no, 20. I, yeah, we, we yeah. are in good company here because yeah. we admire you and what you're oh, doing thank so you. much too. So thank, thank you. you. Well, uh, I appreciate those kind words and uh, just it's great to rub shoulders with great people and um, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you guys some more here coming up. Eternity. You, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, thank you for sharing. And again, listeners, thank you so much for your support. Uh, I love you guys. Um, the feedback that I get from these belief casts has been remarkable. Obviously, John and Jackie have very powerful, solid beliefs, not just about their own religion or things like that, but what they have about themselves and that optimism and that positive attitude is truly inspiring to me. So please share this uh, episode with anyone and everyone, especially those who are struggling. If you uh, want to reach out to John and Jackie, they gave you the ways to do that, and please do so. And again, thank you so much for joining us and having an amazing day today. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. Love you guys. Love you.